in a world where literature is dominated by dusty leather-bound books with no pictures. Three men dare to venture to their local comic shop to approach the counter and utter those three magic words. Make mine paperback. Welcome in and welcome back to Make Mine Paperback, a podcast about comic books and the man known as the Santa Claus of Gotham, Max Shrek. Max is a wealthy businessman and industrialist. He is obsessed with building a power chemical plant in Gotham City, but when both Bruce Wayne and the mayor of Gotham deny his idea, he decides to help Oswald Cobblepot to become the new mayor of Gotham City for his plans. Apart from being the father of Chip Shrek and presumably killing his wife to gain her money, Shrek is also the former employer of Selina Kyle, who wants to kill him following his attempt to kill her. The character was created in 1992's Batman Returns by writer Daniel Waters and named in joke after the late German actor Max Shrek, who starred as Count Orlock in Nosferatu. I'm Graham, raised by Penguins Giles, and with me, as always, my fellow Gothamites, he's currently pushing his secretary out a window to keep her quiet about his crimes. Drawn to the dastardly domination of Detective Comics, Stephen Shear. And he's currently leading the Red Triangle Gang in an attempt to kidnap all the firstborns in Gotham. A maniac for Marvel, Alex Shear. Today, we have our final episode of 2021 and the conclusion of our best books of 2021 theme. This week, we have Stephen's second book on the theme. Stephen, what are we talking about this week? Well, Graham, let me just finish silencing my secretary real quick, and I will <laughs> <laughs> let you know what we're reading. All right, so we have The Many Deaths of Layla Starr, uh, written by Ram V, and art by Philip, Philippe, I'm sorry, I butchered it, Philip Andrade, with humanity on the verge of discovering immortality, the avatar of death is fired and relegated to the world below to live out her now finite days in the body of 20-something Layla Starr in Mumbai. But before we get to that, what'd you read this week, Graham? Uh, this week, I continued my read of uh, Ice Cream Man, and I got caught up on that one. Uh, it, it's a little bit like uh, if you ever heard the podcast, Welcome to Night Vale. It's kind of weird and also dark. It's a little bit darker uh, than Night Vale, a little bit more uh, violent, <laughs> but uh, overall, a, a weird, fun book and uh, kind of exploring a lot of different themes. Uh, some of the themes that we're going to be talking about today, including death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have a lighthearted way to end 2021 by talking about death. <laughs> uh, so what you what you read this week, Alex? I mean, it's death to 2021 and birth and life to 2022. That's, that's I mean, it, it fits. It works, Stephen. Uh, but this week, I dived into Bucky Barnes' The Winter Soldier. There's a 10 or 11 comic book run back in, I want to say it's like 2014, 15 in that area. And obviously talking about everybody's favorite Winter Soldier assassin, uh, James Buchanan Barn. And I mean, I enjoyed it. Great read. Um, obviously, with my love of Steve Rogers and Captain America, of course, I wanted to know more about his partner, his sidekick, his best friend, Bucky Barnes, and got to kind of see a few different things on that uh, it kind of involves like a little bit of the original sin, which is part of the Marvel Marvel comic run, and what ha and it's basically what happens to Bucky after the original sin. So, 
Um, like I said, great read. I really in, enjoyed it. Uh, kind of goes all over the place, which is which is a lot of fun. So good stuff. Definitely recommend it. Yeah, sounds like a good good book. Who doesn't like to be taken on a journey? I unfortunately with the holidays and everything going on, I didn't really have a chance to read too many comics this week. But I did get to read some exciting IRS publications, so there's that. Gotta love IRS publications. <laughs> Who doesn't? Did you learn anything? That's the question. Um, I've, I've learned how long somebody can write, like how many pages somebody can take up just to make one tiny little point. I mean, it takes them like five pages to say one thing. So I've learned how many words you can use to get a point across. I think the real question, Queen Harley, is uh, did you get anything comic related for Christmas? I did. I got, I got a lot of um, comic related stuff. I got a couple statues, um, a couple T-shirts, a coffee mug. And yeah, that's about it <laughs> for comic related yep. stuff. You can guess who, who the statues were. Yeah, I'll bet. Yeah. What about you, Graham? Any comic stuff? Well, as you uh, so kindly pointed out, the uh, the Green Lantern signs uh, on the wall behind me are uh, are new from Christmas. Also got a, a cool uh, the complete edition of Paper Girls, which is a Brian K. Vaughn title that I've talked about before. Um, so I got that uh, that big paperback. Uh, and then got uh, a bunch of the trade paperbacks of uh, Why the Last Man. So a lot of Brian K. Vaughn stuff for Christmas. What about you, Alex? I got a friend of mine gave me this beautiful print of um, Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter after what the the pose of what should have happened after the war. Um, you know, that everybody knows that famous image of the soldier kissing the girl. Um, and it's and it's that. And it looks like a uh, Life or Time magazine cover. And it says love on it. And it's Steve Rogers kissing Peggy Carter. And it's beautiful and I love it. Got some other Captain America stuff. Um, a t-shirt. Some. I actually got some Super Soldier Serum. Have not injected it yet. <laughs> um, results may vary is what I was told. Um, Bruce Banner told me that actually. So, um, But uh, yeah, so obviously captain america stuff for me it sounds like we all got a little bit of uh, our favorite characters which is cool yeah yep yeah i realize i don't have ever... fun yeah yep it was a good christmas so another gift is hopefully we gave to the listeners and hopefully they really enjoyed this mini deaths of layla star um <clears throat> so before we we get into it i, I know we always like to talk about the artwork i feel like it's kind of become like a tradition on this show yes so <laughs> so let's talk about the artwork what do you think alex that's your expertise that is my area you uh, you you know me so well steven <laughs> um but the, the the artwork i there's not a lot of different colors in this. that's something i noticed they it's there's not a whole big variety it's not like bright flashy in your face at least the way I, that's how i kind of interpret it it's a lot of similar colors just shaded differently um and a lot of variant of different colors like i mean i'm you know i've got one of the panels pulled up right now and it's a lot of purples and pinks and i just and and blues of course but i just i like that i think it's it's a little bit different um i'm i'll tell you what page i'm on is the uh, page 15 uh, is what I've got pulled up right now. Um, and it's just, I, I, I like that. I like that there's what feels like little contrast on some of these colors, on some of these things. And I know that this isn't like the whole, you know, the whole book, but there's a lot of the, muted tones in terms of the coloring. Yeah, I can and see I, that. And I, I think that. I think that's cool. Well, how far have you read into the series, Alex? I've only read what we did for this week. 
So I haven't read the entire series. I plan on it because I actually enjoyed what we did this week. Um, it, uh, it does get a lot more colorful, too. I will say that. Okay, sure, sure. So I think but, what you'll notice, though, is that each individual issue tends to select a color palette. Uh, mm-hmm. And so for, for this one, we start out with the line about uh, the setting sun in Mumbai. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we see throughout the issue is these colors of the setting sun uh, setting the stage uh, for this first issue of the of the miniseries. And I really liked how it was kind of, I don't know if abstract is the right word, but I like how you could tell that there would be like cars on the highway, but there wasn't a ton of detail on the cars. I just really liked in how they drew this, the sky, the cityscape. Those are the things I kind of noticed too. I really liked the style he chose. I think it fit the story yeah. really well. Well, and it looked great. You yeah. Know, if I'm being honest, that just, I mean, it looks phenomenal. Like it's not, it's not overly detailed, but like there's enough detail that you're like, yeah, I know exactly what this is. And exactly, yeah, no, yeah. I think, th- I think the artist did a great job with, uh, with the book. Yeah. yeah. I think we see in comics a lot that uh, artists take one of two tracks when it comes to cityscapes and they either put so much detail in it that it can oftentimes feel cluttered. Um, where we're not really sure what we want to focus on uh, because there's so much detail in a scene. Uh, and then alternatively, on the other side, we see artists who do this kind of abstract, just the basic shapes and shadows thrown out there. Um, and, and I think, think we see Andrade here do a, do a really cool thing where he kind of walks that line and we see enough detail that we get that this is a big city and it's a busy city. Um, but not so much that we're distracted by it. Again, the the kind of the whole point of this establishing shot is to show us where we are. And we're in this big city with a little bit of traffic uh, and a beautiful setting sun, uh, despite all of the kind of chaos that we learn about throughout the issue. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so getting into it, uh, as we kind of already mentioned, it takes place in Mumbai in India. So it's, yeah, Mumbai is an extremely crowded city. So we start off with, Somebody trying, you know, this the somebody's going into birth in the back of a taxi, and the taxi driver is really, you know, concerned about getting this this woman and her baby to the hospital. As you can imagine, the pregnant woman, but he seems quite concerned about getting her to the hospital. Um, and so that's kind of the intro scene we have. And then from there, we kind of move to a college dorm, also in Mumbai, where students there are throwing an end of the year party. And then finally, the final scene to kind of set up this whole comic is we move to the heavens where death is being fired. So it kind of starts off with those three kind of scenes really quickly at the beginning to kind of set up the story. Well, well, and I was going to say, I think it's interesting that, you know, we get such contrast even within those scenes, right? They're very, you know, for for people who don't know the whole series and who haven't read the whole series, myself being included in that, I was a little confused at to what direction this was going because it felt like there was so much switch. It's like, all right, there's this, there's this, there's this. And you're like, who's the main character where, you know, where are we going with this? And I mean, obviously as you read on, you kind of figure that out, but it was very much a lot of panel switching and it just, it caught me off guard initially. Yeah, it is. It does. It, Cause it'll move from one scene. You, you know, you're wondering how does this tie into another scene? You know, why are they mm-hmm. kind of jumping around so fast? But Really, the story kind of begins when death gets fired. And so just in case anybody who was reading this didn't kind of pick up on it, since it is in India, it's going to be based on the Hindu religion. So we get the god of death, and I can't possibly pronounce the name, I'll butcher it. But the <clears throat> the the guy in charge of the heavens is Brahmi, 
he's kind of he's very nervous, as you can tell from his um, speech dialogue, but he's kind of in charge of the heavens. And so I, I think the story kind of begins with death getting fired, which to me was pretty funny because it's funny to imagine that even the gods have, you know, like this corporate synergy structure <laughs> where, you know, they they have meetings. I, I thought sure. that was funny. But we learn that death is being fired because the baby at the beginning well, I guess we don't know it yet, but it's a pretty logical step that the person, the baby at the beginning is who Brahmi's talking about when he says that, that a baby is being born on the 12th day of the 12th month who's going to bring about immortality. And so that's kind of, you know, that's kind of where we begin. We have, so de- you think death is no longer needed, but to me, it just seems like also life, you know, like if, if immortality was truly being invented, I feel like more than just death would be getting fired. Well, it, it's certainly interesting to, to think about that, uh, I think one of the points that we get from this is that life is constantly bringing people to life, bringing people back to life. Remember, this is a, a Hindu story. So we get the sense that these souls never die. Um, and so sometimes they are sometimes they're moved beyond our world um, to where they, they no longer live on Earth. But the soul itself never dies. So whether it's moving between different bodies on Earth or it's moving between you know, heaven and earth, uh, the soul is constantly in motion. Uh, but we start, so I, I don't know that, that life, uh, getting fired does make sense if, you know, everlasting life is a thing because we still need life, right? We still need life even in the midst of immortality. Uh, it is interesting though, to note that we have Mumbai as this very crowded city. Um, one of several very crowded cities in India, um, is the city that's going to invent immortality. And I think the obvious issue of overcrowding becomes even more obvious when we have people who are never dying. Um, And so I think that's an interesting point to come to. Uh, What I wanted to bring up, though, actually, was this. uh, We we see Rama being the the creator god um, in Hinduism and kind of the the god who's created everything um, as the head of this corporation. And we see kind of similar to and you guys knew I wasn't going to let this pass up um, an opportunity to talk about Neil Gaiman. <laughs> but reminds me a lot of uh, Neil Gaiman. My favorite Neil Gaiman book, uh, Good Omens, um, which uh, if you've seen the show or if you've read the book, uh, a couple of angels, one working for heaven, one working for hell, uh, come up with a deal where they kind of do each other's jobs um, so that way they don't have to do as much work in between. And they just... Every once in a while, they let the good guy win. And every once in a while, they let the bad guy win. Um, but it's this idea that they both have jobs to do on Earth. And that's what we see here is this kind of gods among man thing that Neil Gaiman does a lot in American Gods and Sandman and Good Omens and um, all kinds of stuff that that Gaiman does. It's kind of his favorite thing is gods among man. Uh, so we see this Ram V story with gods among man and they're running their own corporate structure. Uh, one thing. Uh, that I love about this is this idea that the gods keep up with fashion. Like everybody is in this hip modern fashion. Nobody looks like a, uh, an old image of the uh, Hindu gods. They look like modern people in a modern workplace uh, wearing very fashionable clothes. Uh, So I thought that was pretty cool. Can we talk for a second about the three faces? Like, when I first read this, I thought he was just like nervously like moving his head back and forth. Stephen, you mentioned about him being nervous, but the more I read it, I'm like that. No, those are those are three faces there, and that like 
like it, I think that's incredible, right? Because I mean, the artist is obviously giving himself creative liberty to to draw and create these characters how he sees fit. You know, how he sees like this deity who runs this so on or so called corporation. How he sees death. Who doesn't look imposing at all? Like death is like this professional business looking woman who doesn't. You know, you, when you think of death, you don't think of that. You think of I mean, you know, stereotypical pitchfork with, you know, the devil horns or, you know, the guy in the the cloaked or the hooded cloak and, you know, walking with the scythe. Like you, you think of those other things. You don't think of a, a professional looking business one. Right. So I love that the artist is really drawing you in with different interpretations of who these these individuals are based off of what what they want them to be. Well, I think what we notice is that Ram V is um, Indian. Um, and and he has uh, a little bit, at least a little more experience than we do um, with these Hindu gods. Mm-hmm. And so um, as Andrade takes these, he takes the basic ideas of these Hindu gods. Um, so well, Brahma often has multiple faces. Um, it's it's a kind of a common depiction of Brahma. Um, we see that our, uh, our god of death uh, has multiple arms in this mm-hmm. first scene. Uh, because she's often depicted that way, um, and so throughout we uh, we see that even though Andrade is using his imagination in this series uh, to to kind of go where he wants to with his own pencil, uh, he also is following along some of the traditional stuffs, and so it's kind of fun to see Andrade's ideas come forth. When you, you hear him talk about this book, he talks about the way it allowed him to unleash his own imagination. And so he makes choices where he sometimes follows the traditional drawings of these gods and sometimes moves in a direction that's all his own. Uh, and I think it makes for a really wonderful mix of old and new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a while since I've had my world religion class to to talk about Hinduism. But I mean, I do know that some of their gods are not they don't picture them like people. They didn't draw them like people originally. So <clears throat> I do think that, I mean, like. We kind of talked about Ram V and, and Andrade probably created, they probably took what they knew and then kind of made it a little bit more, you know, exciting for comic books. But um, the other thing too, that you, because you had mentioned about the God of Death not being as scary. And I will say that, uh, I mean, no spoilers about this comic, but one of the, the points of this comic is to kind of make you fear death a little bit less. And I do know that a lot of other religions or even cultures actually are not nearly as afraid of death. Like when someone dies, like have, I don't want to say celebrations, but it's a lot less somber and more, you know, like they're joyful for their life and things. So I think, I just think our idea of death is to make it scary and terrifying, but I don't think other religions and cultures are as afraid of death as we are. Um, So that is a good point. But I do I do think that that's maybe it could just be why death is not as scary to somebody who was grew up with the Hindu religion. Um, So kind of while the god of death is being fired as that's going on, uh, we go back to the college dorm room that was set up. And at that point, we have to assume it's at the same time as death getting fired. Layla actually falls out the window um, and nobody really was paying attention to her to know you know, kind of how that happened. I mean, it's not very often people just kind of fall out the windows. And so Layla's falling out the window while death is being fired. And so when death, since death is no longer God, can no longer be in heaven. So she's got to go back to earth. And so whoever's in charge of sending her back to earth, you know, is reincarnation. 
um, uh, death's one request is to be reincarnated near where the child of immortality is going to be born, which just happens to be where Layla is falling to her death. So as Layla is in the hospital, presumed dead, I mean, it was like a 13 floor drop. You know, she suddenly comes back to life now that the god of death is, you know, essentially possessing her body. And so, and in my opinion, this is where the story really gets interesting. So she, she, the god of death is reborn um, as Layla. And then she gets to meet a ghost who, because she's obviously used to death. So apparently when you die, you can see ghosts. So she has a, a ghost helper and she learns that the baby was just born. And so she, in her mind, is going to go stop the god of death, who right now is a baby, which, you know, is pretty... If As a reader, you're, you're kind of hoping that death isn't going to follow through with that. Sure. Not stop the god of death. Stop the baby who's going to invent immortality, right? Yeah. yeah. Who got the god of death fired. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean, you talk about, you know, that, that scene where she goes in and she sees the baby, um, Darius, right? And she picks him up. And... I mean, this ghost is just like just chilling like, oh, yeah, you know, that's that's the baby. This is his name, like whatever. But I mean, she is so very she's dealing with conflict, right? You know, the 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 um, the ghost is sitting here saying, you you realize you can't kill him like that's that's a thing. And she's like, well, of course I can. Like, it's a baby, like should be easy. And he the, the ghost is just like, look, you know. Things happen for a reason. Life happens for a reason. People exist for a reason. Like, you know, you, Lila, cannot do this. You know, people and things happen. You just can't kill a baby. Like, there's a moral issue with this. And she's trying to convince her that there is a moral issue with this to some degree. But we also see death arguing, I've done this a million times before. I take people's life all the time. And we see this little ghost who has been around forever, but is still a child this little ghost tells tells the god of death it's different you're a human now it's different taking lives is not the same when you're the god of death it's your job and you take lives and 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 you take them where they need to go but when you're a human this kind of thing stays with you for the rest of your life and whether the ghost knows it or not the rest of death Layla's life is not going to be that long (laughs) yeah yeah we'll get to that in a minute but it is a good it was interesting when she is talking to the ghost and the ghost I mean because she is she's the god of death she's killed billions and billions of people of varying ages so it is it is just interesting now that she's a human and has to deal with the things that we have to deal with she suddenly realizes why that's you just can't you know do that first i can't kill a baby but just killing anybody now as a human is something that you have to live with and it's just interesting to see the god of death used to never think about these things as like well you know it's now it actually means something to her and then uh i like when so um so from her talking to the goat her new ghost friend uh layla i'm just gonna call her layla so the god of death now as layla so layla then is about to follow through with killing the baby and then once the ghost reminds Layla that this baby has a name and she has a hard time doing it is when security hospital security steps in which looks pretty bad so she's got to make a quick break for it before security you know is wondering why she's trying to steal a baby and I thought it was I liked how the ghost helped helped her escape that was funny a nurse Mm -hmm. who who said she was (laughs) possessed or whatever was (laughs) stopping the security staff so um well I love the really cool art throughout this book that there's the scene of 
of Layla falling out of the the skyscraper, um, which is it, it's really cool. We see the city below her that we still see those colors of the sunset throughout. Um, and it's this big establishing shot. We have the big establishing shot of the city and we have these close ups of the woman who's pregnant. Uh, we see kind of all of these flashes of things uh, throughout and really cinematic angles. You can almost read this book as if it were a movie. Uh, but my favorite art in the whole book is this chase scene, right? We mm-hmm. go from this this third person view where we see everything as if we're watching it on stage. And then suddenly we're like right over Layla's shoulder as she's running through the halls. Um, it's just a really cool point of view switch uh, and and a cool decision by Andrade. Yeah, and, and like you kind of said, the the scene transact transitions within the panel. Like if you're kind of using your imagination, you could imagine how it would look if this was like a movie or a live action or even a cartoon or anything. Like you can actually like move the images in your mind. Like you can go yeah. through the transition with like what the artist was thinking. Well, exa- and, and well think- exactly. You f- you feel that transition. Like you 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 can visualize it, even though you see it on paper. You can actually visualize the motion of it. So yeah, that's that's a great point, Steve. I think that's one thing that the art and the colors do to play with each other. Uh, these colors they give us kind of the sense of the sun and the wind and this ethereal property. And for a book that's dealing with death and souls, uh, pretty appropriate. Uh, but the way that this art kind of moves with these colors from panel to panel gives us this sense of action. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons that this book is so it so sticks in your mind. I mean, I mean, I, re- I read through the whole series twice in preparation for this episode just because it is so so moving and it moves you forward and it wants you to continue reading and it wants you to continue experiencing uh the story uh and so the writing and the art and the colors really play well together in this book yeah yeah it's uh it's a really good it's a good series and uh for the those of you who are interested it is only five issues so it is pretty it's not too bad to get through and i highly encourage everybody does so you can get to kind of the conclusion um so it's a good series uh but anyway so yeah when she's so she's escaping the hospital so she's in a rush and you know bear in mind too the the god of death has never been on earth before so as layla she doesn't just understand really anything that's that's going on i mean she understands concepts but uh the next scene then involves her running from the hospital who you know freshly reincarnated so layla fell out of a 13-story window got reincarnated as the god of death and then the next thing she does is run out onto a busy street in Mumbai, which we've decided is very busy and immediately gets hit by a bus and dies again. Right. So right. and that, if you were wondering what the title meant, uh, Layla Starr is going to die a bunch of times in the series. Yes. If you're curious what the many deaths of Layla Starr meant, yep. there's going to be many deaths of Layla Starr. Yep, And you'll, you'll learn kind of why that's there's some more important concepts, too, about each time she dies. It's significant. But um yeah, so just for the single issue, yeah, she gets she gets hit by a bus and then immediately goes back up to the heavens because they're still, you know, it's <laughs> they still feel kind of bad for their ex-employee, so they're not going to make her actually go to the afterlife like normal. So she gets to go to back to the heavens <laughs> where she gets to hang out with the god of life, which is which I think is really funny. I think in real life, if there was a god of life and a god of death, I, I really do think that they would be together. <laughs> It just seems like one of those opposites attract situations. I mean, yes, I, I think you're I think you're onto something there, right? I think you are I, I, th- obviously, you know, the whole the opposites attract thing. I think that there would be that that dynamic, that power um, balance, if you will, between the two. And 
but I think it's I think it's such an interesting thing that I think that and you look at religions as a general rule, obviously death is associated with in some religions, Satan, you know, de- the devil, whatever it may be like, that's, that's just an association that we see within religion. So I think that this also depicts the idea that God or the, the, this supreme being is he, he once again, quote unquote conquers death. If, you know, and I don't want to get too much into philosophical discussion on religion and, you know, their depictions within comic books, aside from what we're covering here but i think that that's that's the depiction i pulled from this it's like hey you know this is this is essentially the hindu god the the main god um and i i apologize to anybody who may be of the hindu religion and faith i don't want to i don't i don't want to do this wrong so please correct us in our in our comics or our comment section but it, it i feel like there's this depiction that this this hindu god is once again like look i control death i lead death i rule death therefore i decide what happens to death and i think that's that's kind of how i depicted that with that exchange but i think you've got to you bring up an interesting point with that power dynamic well i I think it's very clear that these these gods are two sides of the same coin right Mm -hmm. that's they bring life into existence and they take it out of existence but like we said that the soul never dies so really these are two people doing the same thing. One of them is taking souls and putting them into bodies. And one of them is taking souls and taking them out of bodies. But we're, they're just delivery drivers for the soul. Uh, we understand that, that Brahma is really the one who's created these souls um, as the creator of all things. And so when the gods of life and death, and especially in this series, uh, have this relationship with one another, uh, I think it's interesting that the god of life loves Layla, loves death, certainly. Like we see that throughout that that life loves death. Uh, and I think that's that's an imperative because death is what makes and I, I think that's kind of the the spoiler for the series. That's kind of the message that we get is that death makes life worth living. Death is important to life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we see life as loving death, and we see death as kind of not really enjoying life right? Whether it's within her or without her, death is not a fan of life. Uh, Not that she wants it to go away forever, but that her job is to end life. And so she just doesn't see the life part as that important. So taking, whether it's taking the life of a baby or taking her own and losing her own life, it just, life is not that important to her. So we see this reflected in the relationship between the gods themselves, where life really loves death and death kind of treats life as a colleague. It's mm. friendly enough. Um, certainly don't hate your presence, but we're colleagues. We're not lovers. <laughs> That's and, fair. And I <laughs> I don't think it's a spoiler, though, about the, the thing about death, because I think that that's, I mean, there are obviously some twists and turns in the story in the later issues. And, um, you know, if we get a chance later on, then I might bring this uh, series back into a discussion but anyway the whole death being the whole life getting meaning because of death thing i think that that's something that i don't think it's a spoiler i just think it's just kind of something that you have to think about as every as you're going through this comic as you're reading these series it's just important to remember that you know life is fun because it's finite i mean if you had an infinite amount of time which i mean this is kind of like the good place if anybody's ever seen that show where if people had infinite time to do whatever they wanted, they would get really, really bored because you'd have enough time to do literally everything. So mm-hmm. it's just the the whole thing to keep in mind when you're reading through the series is just that maybe 
fearing death is not the answer to living and and hopefully death the reincarnated death as Layla realizes that because it's interesting that the one thing she fears kind of most in this world is the one thing she was responsible for um so it's just kind of interesting to see how she's eventually going to learn to live as the goddess of death so that's just i don't know to me that was just fascinating that death now like is no longer immortal so now death fears itself the most um and then from our discussion death's discussion with life um you know as we kind of mentioned life obviously is in charge of putting souls back in you know back is put souls back into circulation that death has taken out so now that death is out of circulation again and talking to the god of life the god of life decides to reincarnate her because he wants to do her a solid because of their past so he decides to reincarnate her again near the child who will invent immortality and but when he does so now it's eight years later and so now he's the god of life is like well now if you want another chance again the baby's no longer a baby so maybe you'll feel less terrible about i mean it's only eight but maybe now you'll feel a little bit less terrible about about your decision and then that's kind of where this issue ends and the next one will begin mm-hmm. sure. you kind of get the idea that the way it works is life really shouldn't be doing this shouldn't be putting death back into bodies uh, over and over again. And so he's doing a favor for death um, by continually putting death into Layla's body, but he has to wait until the time is right. He has to wait long enough that somebody won't notice him kind of bending the rules uh, for death. And so in this case, that time was eight years. He had to wait eight years before no one would notice that Layla Starr is back on the streets again uh, with death in her body. And so that's kind of, I mean, that that's the whole story, right? Is, is life putting death back into Layla Starr's body so we can watch her die again. And hopefully each time she does, we learn a little bit more about death and she learns a little bit more about life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as, as each time is she... You know, she hopefully will learn a lesson. And yeah, like the, the story suggests, there will be many deaths. And the one thing I wanted to to point out, because this is something that when I was reading, I, I was thinking about, I was like, how would it, how could nobody know that this person, like, why would it not be documented this person lives and dies so much? Like, mm-hmm. why is the, and then so when I was reading, it's a couple things. It's like one, because the population of India is over a billion people. I mean, there's so many people and then also she's actually an orphan as well and that's kind of mentioned and i think in one of the very few first pages is that is that she's an orphan so people don't really know who she is i just thought that was interesting I'm like how could somebody be dying so many times and nobody realizes it and plus two the eight years in between helps so this this book was really well thought out it didn't you know like any any time i was like well that doesn't really make sense i looked it up and i was like huh i guess that could be And I think practically that makes sense for us, but also symbolically we see Layla, uh, Layla star without death, the the original Layla star. We see her as this girl who's grown up without parents uh, with, with a little bit of support, but for the most part, almost already being a ghost to the people around her. And we see in this first scene, a boy trying to suggest that, well, it shouldn't always have to be me who asks you on a date. You know, if you were just a girl, for instance, hypothetically speaking, like clearly trying to get Layla to ask him on a date. Um, And we see Layla empty, not caring so much about this conversation and certainly not caring about the party that she's at. 
so much so that when she falls out the window, she seems we don't we're not even sure whether it's an accident or on purpose. Mm -hmm. It's it's this vessel that the people around her have filled up with whatever they think. We hear uh, talk about her classmates who don't really know her at all. And they've just projected themselves onto her. And so I think it's interesting to see that Layla before her death was a vessel for other people's ideas. And after her death, she becomes a vessel for a god in death itself. Yeah. And then, and kind of, I think one of the other themes of this book is, is just how important life is. And so I think that that kind of brings that point home a little bit too, is that like all life is important, even if, even if it's not a life you even realize existed. And I think, uh, and hopefully we'll see, I mean, hopefully death learns that lesson as well. And I mean, we'll see where she goes, but I mean, as, as the reader, that's one of the things I took away too, is that like, you shouldn't like, it's just the idea that this Layla was, you know, nobody would miss her or anything. I think that that's kind of, you know, all life should be important. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I like it. This is a series. I definitely, I want to finish this out. Cause I did enjoy like I, like this was cause it, one, I love, you know, the 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 reflection on the, the Hindu religion. Personally, I, I love, you know, getting to explore something I'm not familiar with. But I also love that it's I mean, it's it's just it's not a quote unquote standard comic book. It's not, you know, like Batman rushes in and punches Joker or Captain America, you know, fights a Nazi. Like, no, it's it's a completely different story. And I love that. I love I love the direction it goes and just something different, something unique. So well done, Steve. Yeah, I mean, thank you. It was, it was my wife Stephanie's idea, but I'll take credit. I mean, <laughs> she's not on here talking about it. Yeah. Stephanie, we love you, but <laughs> it is. Uh, um, what what would you think of it, Graham? Well, it, a gorgeous book. Any any one page could be framed and hung on your wall. Um, so a beautiful book with a beautiful story. Uh, overall, certainly my favorite book of 2021, um, and one that I hope our listeners go out and read because it it deserves eyes on it yeah i like it a lot it was it was one of my favorites not only of 2021 but it's one of my favorite series i've ever read just because it is it's it's got it makes a lot of philosophical points but it's not so dry that it becomes it's not like you're just you know being talked at for five pages on why things are important it's or five pages five issues on why things are important you know and here's some philosophical truths for you i, I don't you know I like it because it still had like little bit of dark humor here and there. Like, I mean, when she runs out into traffic and gets hit, I mean, you know, she's going to be reincarnated and everything's fine. So it's just, it's kind of funny when you consider the fact that she was literally, she fell from a 13 story building, was reincarnated and dies again. Like that's the first thing she does. So there's a little bit of humor there to, to kind of take the edge off of it, but it still really proves its points and really, mm -hmm. you know, makes some, some, point some philosophical points that i think everybody should read i think like graham said i think it deserves eyes on it i think it's something that if you read will at least make you think a little bit differently and um you know it's not it's not a hard read at all it's it's an easy one to get through um the artwork is is beautiful it works really well with the story it's just overall in my opinion it, it's very rare when artists artists comic artists and writers can come together and tell such a wonderful story and um, yeah, I, th I think everybody should read it. It's, like I said, it's one of my favorites, too. So with that, a beautiful story to end our 2021, our last episode of the year. Uh, we hope you join us again in 2022 to start our month of January. We're going to have a new theme. And to introduce that theme, we have Alex. We are kicking off the year 
with another kind of kick called Sidekicks. We are going to kick off the year with some Flashpoint Kid Flash uh, loss, Kid Flash loss number one. And we are going to be talking about some Barry Allen and Bart Allen, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited for this because, as you guys know, I don't dive into DC that much, but I've always loved The Flash. I love the idea of Kid Flash. I love the story there. So I'm excited to dive into this one with you guys. It's going to be a good one. Um, Brief synopsis on it. When the world changed and Flashpoint began, one hero vanished. Now the question remains where, or rather when, is Bart Allen? The young speedster races to unravel a tangled web of time. He is joined by an unlikely ally, ally, the other world hero, Hot Pursuit. I'm excited for this one. I am pumped for you guys to get into this one as well. Um, this was one I'd read earlier this year at some point, just briefly enjoyed it and thought it'd be a good way to kick off 2022 with a sidekicks theme. Kind of fun to see the heroes who support the other superheroes uh, in our books, see some sidekicks. Uh, and, and certainly fun to dive into some Flash. Yeah, absolutely. Flash is great. I mean, you can't not love the Flash. Right. All right. Well, with that, uh, thank you for joining us this week. Uh, we hope that you have a happy new year. We hope you count down as that ball drops. We hope you have someone to smooch at midnight. I know Stephen will be kissing Dr. Quinzel. Alex will be kissing Steve Rogers' butt. And I'll be getting blown off by Layla Starr. Uh, now, that's not to be confused with getting blown. Anyway, Graham, the point is we're going to see you guys in January. So in the meantime, we hope you go to your local comic shop. We hope that you approach the counter. We hope you tell the person behind the counter to make mine paperback. We'll see you next year. Hey, that's my line. <laughs> <laughs>